Hello everyone, and welcome to Player's Spellbook, a podcast all about the magic of Dungeons & Dragons, starting with the spells in the 5th edition Player's Handbook. I am your host, Derek, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Tim. And today, we're talking about making friends. Yeah. You know, when I was in grade 9, my dad forced me to sit down and read uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is, he intense. made all of my siblings read it. Every as soon as we started high school, we had to sit down and read the book, and we had to report to him by the end of the summer that we had read it and what we learned. Um, <laughs> so this is basically that book in a cantrip: how to win friends and influence people. Uh, mm-hmm. Tim, Perfect. we uh, like to start this podcast with a little bit of a get to know you question. Sometimes it's hard for players to role play being charmed or being enchanted. Uh, I can imagine that. If a character were to have this cantrip or a similar spell cast on them, they might be sort of at a loss as to how their character would behave. You've had encounters with being charmed and encountering other player characters who have been charmed. How do you go about role playing that sort of situation? Uh, yeah, I think I think situations like that are actually pretty fun. It can be fun to get out of your character a little bit and have your in character have your character enjoy something or someone that they have previously said they don't like mm. we have had a lot of characters who have been very easily charmed i think the fun way to play that is to is to be pretty straight for them and let them kind of say all the kind of fun things about how much they love this person that everybody else in your party hates or see how much of the star of the show they can be. I think it's also good to give it some, give it some time before your character. Like, I think it would be really annoying to be the one who's like, can I like do an inside check right away about this person? I think sometimes it can be helpful just to give some space to that like even as your character just listen to what the other character is saying and then kind of respond from that and build your suspicion a little bit more slowly rather than just immediately trying to counteract all the effects of the charm yeah i think there's a there's a sense in which it can be difficult to not metagame that like knowing yeah that hey this you know my ally just failed a saving throw against a charm effect and that has to be dealt with um yeah is a different thing than a character slowly like coming to realize that somebody isn't themselves because people are complicated. Like unless you're extremely insightful, you might not notice that somebody is under some sort of mental compulsion. It might just be like, Hey, maybe they woke up on the wrong side of the bed today, or maybe they've had some sort of epiphany. Um, You know, people behave weirdly all the time (laughs) and we don't even have, we don't even have charm spells in this world. Um, yeah for sure. so yeah it's it's an interesting situation um yeah before we pontificate on any further though why don't we go ahead and get into the cantrip okay the cantrip friends is an enchantment cantrip casting time is one action the range is self components are somatic and material the material components are a small amount of makeup applied to the face as the spell is cast the duration is concentration, up to one minute. 
For the duration, you have advantage on all charisma checks directed at one creature of your choice that isn't hostile towards you. When the spell ends, the creature realizes that you used magic to influence its mood and becomes hostile toward you. A creature prone to violence might attack you. Another creature might seek retribution in other ways, at the DM's discretion, depending on the nature of your interaction with it. Classes are Bard, Sorcerer, Warlock, and Wizard. Range self. That's really interesting. I would have assumed that it would be like within 30 feet towards a target, you know, that you can see. But it's actually you target yourself with the spell and then it gives you advantage on charisma checks on one creature of your choice. Which is kind of interesting that there isn't actually a range limitation, which is sort of weird. Like, yeah, I can almost picture like you could cast this on yourself and then cast like sending and target someone like on the other side of the world and have advantage on your charisma check. Um, so yeah, that yeah just, the because fact that it doesn't this range self is fascinating. It doesn't say the creature has to be able to see you. Yeah, it does. The, the creature right. in many ways is immaterial yeah. to the spell. It's just it's just so long as you're yeah. there, you can do it. it. And it just says that the creature realizes that you used magic, used magic to influence, to influence its mood, which implies mood. that it is the target and not you. Yeah, but yeah. I guess so if you're the target kind of and you become more charismatic because of the spell, yeah, that's another way you could influence their mood. I guess that's how you could read it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's interesting it is, to me that it's that it's it is very self. interesting. Yeah, um, for sure. Components interesting. Firstly, that there's no verbal component; it's only somatic and material. Um, yeah. So you could even potentially cast this while gagged. I don't know why that would come up, but hey, you could. Um, Or in an area of silence. um, And then like sort of pantomime. Like the spell would make you great at charades because you don't have to say anything. Um, But somatic, you can't can't use it while tied up. And that's probably because you have to be able to apply a small amount of makeup to your face as the spell is cast. That's a really really cool material component. I I like that. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a great way to add some flavor to the spell. What kind yeah, of makeup? What kind of makeup? How, where, you know, what 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 exactly? What kind of are look you are you going for? It's also interesting <laughs> that the components make the spell really easy to weave into like a natural social interaction. Like mm-hmm. it's not like you're having to spout off some magical gobbledygook and wiggle your fingers or whatever. You just need to be able to apply makeup to your face, and you could cast the mm-hmm. spell. Um, and so yeah. unlike a lot of other spells, like, um, I'm pretty sure like charm person has a verbal component. You can use this like at a dinner party, like in mid conversation mm-hmm. and people might not notice unless they know to look for things like that. Um, and conversely, we yeah, sort of have this discussion with dancing lights, but it kind of depends on how high magic your world is. Like if people yeah. in the world know that friends is a spell that people can cast then it changes a little bit. Like people might be really wary of people putting on makeup because they're worried they're casting spells. Um, (laughs) But if you're in an area where that's, you know, if you're in a world that, you know, not everybody knows about this magic, then somebody might not bat an eye at you casting friends. They might not even realize you've cast a spell. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then duration, concentration up to one minute. Interesting that it's concentration. Um, yeah. Going back to that idea of like casting this at a dinner party, I think it's kind of cool that you have to maintain concentration or to keep the spell going. 
like a picture mm-hmm. situation where maybe you're, you know, in this social setting where you can't just like draw swords or whatever. Like you're at a, you're at a gala, you know, hosted by the local baron or whatever, and you need to be polite. But you see, you know, maybe a really perceptive character succeeds on an insight check and realizes that one of their fellow player characters is being targeted by a friend spell. Like somebody has cast friends on them and is now trying to like ask them questions or grill them for information or get them to, you know, follow Mm -hmm. them into a room where their lackeys are waiting to jump them or something. You might have to try to break concentration, but do so in such a way that's like polite (laughs) and isn't just like bashing someone in the head with a mace. You know, maybe the the cleric realizes that this is going on and has to, you know, like spill his wine glass on the person Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, make a big scene or something like that just to try to break that concentration and free their friend (laughs) from the spell. Um, or yeah. kick him under the table. Yeah, kick him under the table. Like, just come up with some clever way to politely <laughs> break somebody's concentration. That's, I don't know, that seems like a really neat challenge to throw at your players. Like, how do you do this in such a way that isn't going to get you kicked out of this ball? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then we get to the actual text of the spell. So for the duration, you have advantage on all charisma checks directed at one creature of your choice that isn't hostile towards you. So you can't mm-hmm. double up on friends. Once it's done, they're hostile, and so you can't cast friends again and just keep the cycle <laughs> no. going. Um, but also, there's no saving throw. That's really curious to me, too. I guess that's part of the fact that it targets you and not the opposing creature. But again, like a charm spell, at least you get a wisdom save to try to resist it. This is just like you they have advantage on their charisma checks against you. You have no say in the matter. I think if this was just... If this spell was just that first sentence, it would be amazing. It would I think be, everyone it would would be take an it. incredible spell. Yeah. Yeah. But then we come to the massive backside, you know, the massive uh, drawback <laughs> of the spell, which is the second line. When the spell ends, the creature realizes that you use magic to influence its mood and becomes hostile towards you. This is my why my hot take for the spell is that it should be called enemies. <laughs> or, or at least frenemies. They're, they're friends frenemies for a, a maximum of a minute, and from then on, yeah. they hate your guts. Yeah. The fact that it's like one minute of friendship, and then they're hostile without any limit is insane. Like, if I described a relationship that I had with someone where we got along for one minute, and then they hated me for the rest of their life, you would not call that a friend. It's You have just created an enemy. No, it's like you've got it's, one, it's, it's a one flame minute at of best. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. got one minute of like uh of like good interaction or positive and now they hate you forever. Yeah. So you you it's, should never use this spell to make friends. Yeah. So that's it's interesting that the drawback is specifically that they realize you use magic to influence their mood and become hostile towards you. Um mm-hmm. a couple things on on that, I guess. So firstly you as a DM can decide how you want that to work. Um, maybe that's like a reasonable person's reaction. And maybe, you know, you might have a situation where a character realizes like, no, you know what? Like maybe I was I was panicked or I was terrified and you just needed to get through to me. So you cast friends on me and like, you know, all good, man. But like there is extenuating circumstances that make this okay. And maybe I'm not hostile towards you. Um Right. You know, so it sort of depends as as the the third line suggests depending on your the nature of your interaction with it. They might sort of see reasons why. Um 
I'm thinking right. of a case where maybe your character, as I mentioned, has like a really serious flaw and you're under a really like strict time constraint. The bad guy's getting away or the house is about to burn down or something like that. You don't have time to reason with the character. You just cast friends, shout, we're getting out of here. They follow you and then realize later on, hey, you cast a spell on me, but, you know, fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. Another, the other way you can do it is like, no, that is the text of the spell. If you have yeah. friends cast on you, you are hostile towards this person, whether you want to be or not. Um, yeah. Which is also very interesting because that almost yeah. suggests something of the nature of the spell. Like by casting yeah. it, you're almost like drawing out this person's goodwill and you're consuming all of it in a minute. And once the spell ends, all that's left is hostility. And like that person has no choice but to hate you because you cast yeah. a spell on them. That's the um, weird part is that it the enchantment is not just to make them your friend or to like uh, to make them like kind of charmed by you, but then that they have to be hostile towards you is another way of completely yeah, manipulating that, someone's you can, emotions. You can interpret it as part of the spell is the hostility <laughs> just as much yeah. as the, the advantage on the charisma checks. <laughs> Which is the way more powerful element of the spell, really. It's like there are other spells that influence creatures' moods that don't end in hostility. I'm thinking of like calm emotions. Like a creature yeah. will realize at the end of a calm emotion spell that you used magic to influence their mood. But in this right. case, they're not hostile towards you. Um, and like charm spells are kind of the same, you know, huge swaths of the enchantment school. You know, somebody might realize yeah. like, hey, you kind of mind controlled me and that's yeah. not cool. And then you can choose to be angry about it, but you don't have to be. Yeah, exactly. Like with <laughs> calm emotions or charm, you can choose how you yeah. feel about it. But with friends, <laughs> you hate them. Yeah, now you have to. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's sort of two ways that, that a DM can approach it. And I think there are some, sure. some great arguments for either way. I think it'd be fun for a DM to use the hostility of friends to, like, create the BBEG. <laughs> to, like... <laughs> you cast friends on this peasant in, like, the first yeah. session of the first yeah. game. And yeah. thereon, he just, like, dedicates his life. Like, he yeah. swears an oath of vengeance against he's you. Just, he becomes a paladin. <laughs> He's just mining XP for the rest. Yeah, he spends the, the entire game. campaign level grinding. You know, what <laughs> yeah. was the, oh, what was that great monologue? Like, well, you were doing whatever. I was mastering the blade. And he's just, yeah, for you know, sure. comes back for revenge at level 20. So that could be kind of a, a neat creative mm -hmm. prompt for, uh, for a DM. Like, how does this, you know, nobody peasant with almost no resources going to manifest his hostility towards this, mm -hmm. you know, high level band of adventurers? Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's all kinds of cool. With the patron. Yeah. Maybe he just, maybe he's so mad he <laughs> makes a, a pact with the patron and becomes a warlock. You know, maybe that's, just maybe that's vengeance. part of it. Yeah. Or there's a paladin, isn't there? Oath of. There's, there there's the Oath of Vengeance, of vengeance Paladin. <laughs> like I joked yeah. about earlier, just swears an Oath of Vengeance to hunt you down. <laughs> yeah. Um, oath of Vengeance is probably for something slightly more extreme than Friends, but no. hey, maybe maybe somebody takes that <laughs> very, very personally. <laughs> yeah, he, he casts Friends on me and bartered me down for, for my melons. <laughs> I gave him a 10% <laughs> discount on rations, and I will remember it for the rest of my days. <laughs> Yeah. Sold my soul to a devil. I think that's kind of our, our takes on the on the mechanics of the spell. So now you, Tim, as a player, what do you think of friends overall? 
I like I know from playing in your games especially that there's always consequences to the things that you say and do that it's like doing something like this I know that there would be some consequences for and I'd rather gamble on the check than uh, go for the advantage and like if I ever used it it would be like I'm using this against like some guard to get past him like you'd want to use it with something where the hostility would like you could wouldn't be as big of a problem or at least as a problem that you can <laughs> yeah. deal with yeah 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 or like you'd the risk reward would be like okay so if i we can get past this guy without a fight right now even though he'll be pissed in a minute we can there's something back there that's like like the whole city's going to be destroyed if i don't get past this guy so i'm going to charm him and like mm. He might hate me, but the rest of the city will probably love me. Yeah, so. it can be a sort of like time is of the essence type thing. I don't have time to have a conversation with you. I'm just going to do a little bit of mind control so that we keep things moving. Yeah. As a DM, I'm just like salivating over the idea of players burning bridges everywhere they go. Like, I think that would be yeah. so much fun. Um, but right. that's probably you want because I'm, a, I'm a heartless and, and cruel DM. And that would That would revel in that sort of thing. Um, yeah. I think that there are, I think there are some specific characters that will make use of this. It's kind of like Blade Ward in that sense. Like most characters probably give this a pass, but I think there are some kinds of characters that can really get a lot of mileage out of this. Um, mm-hmm. Off the top of my head, I have I have two. I think one would be the kind of character who specializes in intimidation. Because intimidation, right. just by nature of the skill, is kind of burning a bridge anyway. <laughs> People aren't yeah. likely very, you know, big fans of you after you intimidate them. Um, no, and just so scared. maybe you don't like. Maybe if you're using friends to get advantage on your intimidation checks, then you don't really care about the hostility because it probably would have happened yeah. anyway. Um, and yeah, so, sure. like, if you want to really manifest, you know, like a really scary pirate or like a, you know, if if you really want to nail that princess bride you know, Wesley drop your sword kind of thing. Um, <laughs> this could be, this could be great for that. Uh, so if you're using it yeah, to yeah. boost your intimidation checks, then I think that's a, a good way to mitigate the downside a lot of the time because it's going to happen anyway. Um, the other situation or kind of character where I think this is useful and, and the use case that I think the designers of D&D had in mind when they came up with this cantrip is a character who specializes in disguise. I think if you're a false facer, a charlatan kind of person, then Friends is an amazing cantrip. Um, Mm -hmm. Part of the reason I think this was part of the design intent is because of that material component, the small amount of makeup. Uh, Disguise kits come with makeup. Uh, It's one of the few other places in D&D where you'll find like makeup specifically called out. Um, And so if you're proficient with a disguise kit and you have a disguise kit, you already have the material component for this. Um, right. And it's so useful if you're able to disguise yourself because you can take steps to mitigate or even take advantage of the hostility that comes afterwards. Firstly, you can use the advantage on charisma checks to like pull off deception checks to sell the disguise. So you'll be like, you'll be disguised more consistently. It'll make it harder for people to see through you. Things start going wrong. Right. You can cast friends or whatever and, and really sell the disguise. But then if you're going to be a different person two minutes from now, 
then it doesn't really matter about the hostility, you know, like friends might wear off, but in that time, you know, the guard has let you pass the door and now you flip your reversible robe and you take off your wig and now he's running around, you know, looking for a a blonde elf and you're a, you know, brown haired human walking around inside the castle. Um, So the hostility isn't maybe something to fear as much. Maybe they'll see through your disguise, but, but generally speaking, if you can change who you are then congratulations you're you're most of the way there um yeah a similar thing with like uh so i think like uh, a warlock um who has uh the invocation that lets you cast disguise self an unlimited number of times um or particularly an arcane trickster rogue i think would really benefit from this yeah using that disguise kit seems like a really good idea um Another another context uh, that I that I just thought of is the idea of actually fully taking advantage of that hostility. Like if you specialize in disguises, you can pretend to be, you know, like the local candidate for mayor or something like that and start casting right. friends on people so that everybody suddenly hates this guy. And then you, <laughs> you know, revert back to your disguise and watch this candidate get run out of town because suddenly <laughs> everybody is hostile towards him. Um You know, you can make a servant suddenly hate his mage master because he thinks that he cast a spell on him when actually that was you. And the mage has no (laughs) idea what's going on. Um, So you could even like if you're playing in in sort of a political game in which, you know, the burning of bridges is a real fail condition. Like it's the equivalent of losing a combat. Like if you are no longer friends with this person, you know, their armies won't support you. You may find yourself, you know, going to the gallows like that hostility is a weapon and a a clever character might be able to manipulate that. And a clever villain might be able to manipulate that. You know, if your villain knows the friends cantrip and knows what one of your characters look like, you know, maybe your characters come back from the dungeon and suddenly the whole town hates them (laughs) and they don't know why. (laughs) And they start hearing all these stories of like this person going around, you know, like vandalizing the town and, you know, casting friends on all the guards to get away with it or whatever. And then, you know, skipping town and that person looked like them (laughs) and suddenly they're in, you know, suddenly they're in big trouble and don't know why. And everybody's magically hostile against them. Um, Yeah, that would be, that would be pretty cool. And a great way to make your characters really hate the villain, but not really Mm -hmm. be able to attack the villain directly as a, you know, as a result, because they've already skipped town a week ago. Yeah. Interesting. You can win elections with this spell. I do have one more note for friends, um, which is mm-hmm. basically just a caution to DMs that be a little bit careful in casting enchantment spells on your players. Um, yeah. So experienced players, I think, will find it a lot of fun, uh, as we we partially discussed in the, the question at the beginning of this episode. Um, it can be kind of an interesting role-playing challenge to play a character who's been charmed or under the influence of friends, where, like, suddenly you know, your character is a little bit different. Suddenly they, they feel very differently than they normally would about this person or about this situation and, and kind of rolling with those punches and then also getting to role play the hostility afterwards. Like how would my character react to knowing (laughs) that they've been mind controlled? Um, can be really cool, but there are some characters too, or some players too, who I think wouldn't have as much fun with that. Um, in a lot of ways people have shown up to play this character. And when you, and sorcel them like this you're asking them to play a different character one who feels differently yeah. about the world than the person that they showed up to play 
Um, and and some players might feel a little bit um, a little bit cheated by that, like they're not getting the you know maybe the role playing experience that they wanted, which is totally fair. Like I said, they showed up to play this character, not a different character. Um, yeah, so maybe just sure. get to know your players a little bit and kind of figure mm-hmm. out who would see this as, as sort of a unique challenge and who would kind of feel feel ripped off by this. Um, yeah, and you can even like discuss the boundaries of what that hostility is because it's so open-ended your player could hate this npc forever if they wanted to but maybe they can also find a way creative way to get back at them and then kind of call it at that and then that kind of charm effect of the hostility wears off yeah that that is that is another interesting thing is that this isn't strictly a charm effect like monsters that are immune no. to the charmed condition are not actually immune to friends. You can still get advantage on your charisma checks against them, which is which is wild. Yeah, that's true. So it is it is powerful in that regard too, I guess, in that you can use it against enemies that you wouldn't be able to use a lot of other enchantment spells on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's that's sort of an <laughs> aside. But the main thing right. is, you know, check with your players, figure out who's gonna enjoy. Uh, having friends cast on them and uh, proceed with caution if you're, if you're not sure. Um, Yeah. And if your character is playing, or if your player is playing a kind of character who's going to use friends a lot, then let them do it. Not a lot of people take this cantrip. It would be really cool to see it (laughs) get a lot of use. I, I as a DM would really enjoy that. And hopefully you would too. (laughs) You would enjoy all the consequences you could. Oh, nothing. I love more. (laughs) <laughs> for sure it's a game of unintended consequences yeah so I've learned <laughs> yeah you can let us know how you make friends or how you cast friends uh, by following us at player spellbook on twitter that's player spellbook with one s you can direct us to your homebrews and we might review them in the future and next week we'll be talking about probably one of the best cantrips in the game guidance we'll be giving you some guidance on guidance